Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we are studying the Bible. We are studying the book of Acts. Today is episode 200, and this is Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26. Let's read our passage. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together was about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was one of our number, and shared in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages. He fell head first, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that in their language that field is called Hakadama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling become desolate, let no one live in it, and let someone else take his position. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one becomes a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, You, Lord, know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Well, this is the time between the ascension of Jesus to heaven and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. It's a 10-day period, and the point we're dealing with today is the replacement for Judas. Judas, who had abandoned and betrayed his position as one of the apostles, and there's a need to replace him. So, verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. So those days, specifically that 10-day period between the Ascension and Pentecost. So Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together was about 120. So what's significant about 120? Or even is it significant? Is it just a number? Or does it have some meaning? Well, it probably has some meaning here. Because the idea is that the apostles are the ones who are going to lead the new church, the ones who are going to guide the new church. They are the the leading group, the ruling council, so to speak, kind of the Christian version of the Sanhedrin in many respects. One question as you read through this, they say, okay, we've got to replace Judas. And the question is, says who? Why do they need to replace Judas? Judas betrayed Jesus? Judas died. Judas is gone. There's only 11 of them. Who who says they need 12? Well, from their perspective, Jesus said they need 12. 12 is a significant number. 12 represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus chose 12 apostles. In fact, in Luke's gospel, they remember Acts is written by Luke. So in Luke's gospel, toward the, the end there, Luke 22, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says, You are those who stood by me in my trials. I bestow on you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed on me, 
so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So twelve is a significant number, and from their perspective, they need twelve apostles. And so it's hard for us to say they're wrong, but they believe they need twelve apostles. And Peter says, we've, we've got to replace Judas. Now, in the Jewish society, we often talk about the Sanhedrin, this ruling council. This is the group that sent Jesus to be executed by Pilate. This is the great Sanhedrin, a council of 71 leaders. There's 70 plus the high priest, which makes 71. And that comes from the Old Testament where there were 70 elders that Moses gathered to be the judges of Israel. And so 70 plus Moses made 71. So they had the great Sanhedrin of 71. And this was the Supreme Court for Israel. Well, they also had lesser Sanhedrins. Every town had its own council of judges. And there were 23 judges on these lesser Sanhedrins. There's a conflicting data on on how big a town needed to be to have one of these lesser Sanhedrins. Some said it was 230. That is one judge for every 10 people in the town. Because 10 is a special number. That's re- required to have 10 people for a lot of things to uh, have a, a public prayer. For instance, you have to have at least 10 people because 10 was the minimum number to be a community. And so you needed 10 people for each judge, so you needed 230. Some uh, historians say, no, the, the number was 120. Any town of greater than 120 could have a 23-person lesser Sanhedrin. So 120 is the number that we have listed here in, in Acts 15. Also, that would be 10 people for each of the apostles, the 12 apostles that are needed. And, and so the, the number 120 has some significance. There was 120 people here, and that was, was needed to have this council of apostles of 12. So verse 16, Peter says, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Now he specifically is going to mention a couple of Psalms in a few verses. So that's why he's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit spoke through David in the Psalms and about Judas, who guided the people who arrested Jesus. Now verse 17, he says, For he was one of our number and shared in this ministry. Just one of those interesting historical things. The the words that are translated shared in this ministry literally are shared the lot of this ministry. And, and interesting enough, the, the word lot, the, the Greek word is kleron, which uh, then became an actual title or position or even rank in the uh, ecclesiastical circles, and it's where we get the word cleric or clergy. So through verse 17 is quoting Peter, and we'll take up the quote from Peter again in 20. 
So verses 17 through 19, this is a little insertion. This is not Peter speaking. This is Luke providing some explanation. The people that Peter's speaking to are the 120. They know about Judas. It was just a, a few weeks ago, and they, they know all of this. So he's not reminding them. He, this is Luke inserting it for his readers. Verse 18, now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages. He fell head first, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that in their own language that field is called Hakeldabah, that is, field of blood. This is an assertion by Luke to explain the facts about Judas. We've got a problem here. This doesn't quite match what Matthew told us. Because in Matthew 17, he says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, was full of remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood, he said. What's that to us, they said. See to it yourself. So he threw the silver into the temple and departed. Then he went and hanged himself. The chief priest took the silver and said, It's not permitted to put it into the temple treasury, since it's blood money. They conferred together and bought the potter's field with it as a burial place for foreigners. Therefore, that field has been called field of blood to this day. So, some things are the same. We have field of blood that was purchased with the money that Judas got. But Matthew says that Judas went and hanged himself. Where Luke tells us here in Acts that he fell head first, his body burst open, his intestines spilled out. And Luke says that Judas bought the field, where Matthew says the high priest bought the field. So what do we do with this? Well, one, we just have to recognize, okay, this, there's some difficulty here. But you know, there's people who put this together, and it, it sounds reasonable. That the idea, one, who bought the field? The high priest bought it, but they bought it with the money that Judas had returned because they said, we can't take this. So is Luke correct in saying that Judas bought it because the high priest bought it with Judas's money? Yeah, I think you could make that fit. And the, uh, the manner of his death. Uh, some try to put these together and say, okay, Judas went and hung himself, but because of who he is and what he had done, he was considered unclean and nobody wanted to touch his body. And so his body hung there and began to decay. And at one point, either the branch broke, the rope broke, or his body decayed enough that it fell. And because of his state of decay, burst open. I'm okay with that. But uh, that's a way of reconciling the narrative of Matthew with what Luke gives us here in Acts. But Luke reviews that uh, how despicable and horrendous the, the whole story of Judas was. Then verse 20. Now, this is after Luke's little insertion of history here. And back to Peter. Peter says, For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling become desolate, and no one live in it. That's a quote from Psalm 69, verse 25. He says, And let someone else take his position. That's a quote from Psalm 169, verse 8. Verse 21. Therefore, 
From among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. Okay, so Peter lays out the criteria of who should replace Judas. It's got to be somebody who was there for the entire ministry of Jesus and was a witness of the resurrection. Is Peter inspired in this, or is this just what seems reasonable? Well, don't know. It does seem reasonable, because the whole point here is, remember the, the parting charge from Jesus, you will be my witnesses. And we see that's what they do. They do become his witnesses. So to be his witnesses, they have to be eyewitnesses. And so Peter's saying, we need somebody who is an eyewitness, that witnessed the entire ministry of Jesus and witnessed the resurrection. Now, one interesting thing here in verse 22, he says, it is necessary. We're back up in uh, verse 16, he says, it was necessary. So it was necessary based on the prophecy that all these events take place. But now in the present, it is necessary that we choose a replacement for Judas. So who do we choose? Verse 23. So the proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Barsabbas, the Hebrew word means son of the Sabbath. Matthias, Hebrew word means gift of God. It says they proposed two. There may have been more to choose from, or it may have been these were the only two. We don't know if there were more than obviously the the apostles conferred and said, uh, we really narrow it down to, to these two guys, and there's no reason to choose one over the other. So they'll leave it up to God. Verse 24, then they prayed, you, Lord, know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot filled to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. So they're going to leave the choice up to God. And this is the understanding of lots. Now by lots, it doesn't mean they took votes. It means they they made it obvious what God's choice here is. What they probably did was they took two rocks and made a mark on each rock, one for each person, put them in a jar and shook it until one of the rocks fell out. And whoever's name came out, that was the one that God had chosen. It goes back to Proverbs uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 33 says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. So there, that's the whole point saying that when you cast lots, you're leaving it up to God as to what the answer is. One of the things uh, Peter says here in verse 25 says, Judas left to go where he belongs. Notice he doesn't say where he belongs. He leaves that up to God. We can't say where Judas belongs. There's probably an implication there, but that's up to God where he belongs. So they are leaving things up to God. They're even asking for God's guidance here. They pray and they say, Lord, you choose. We, we don't know which of these two guys to choose. You make the choice. And they cast the lots and Matthias was chosen. Now, from our perspective, we don't generally make decisions that way. We see that in the Old Testament, the casting of lots, where a decision is left up to God. This is all pr also prior to the coming of the Holy Spirit. 
This is in those days, that is, prior to the Holy Spirit. So we don't cast lots nowadays to make decisions. We ask God to guide us through the Holy Spirit. And we feel that we are able to make informed decisions based on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So here we have the addition of Matthias as one of the apostles. So now the numbers back up to 12. Now we can say this must not have been guided by God because we never hear of a Matthias again. He, he's never mentioned again. This is the only place we see him. He's mentioned in verse 23, and he's mentioned in verse 26, and then he disappears. So it must not have been guided by God. Well, we don't really see many of the apostles after this. Very few of them actually are seen in the remainder of the story because Luke is charting for us not so much the history of all the apostles, but the spread of the gospel, the growth of the church. It begins in Jerusalem, it expands to Judea and Samaria, and then goes to the ends of the earth. That's the spread of the gospel. And that's what Luke is describing for us, the spread of the gospel. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue looking at the book of Acts.